Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 589, air date April 24th, 2020. On Instagram, I mean, on Facebook, YouTube, as well as Periscope. So do, I need to invite you? do I need to invite you on Instagram now? Because my Instagram is going and I see all no, my... No, we're on. We're on. Everything's... We're sort of... We doing... together? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. we're on it together. So people will... St- hey, Jen, should I also do it? Uh, invite Marla on Instagram? I think we should. Hi, everybody. Because you're not seeing Dr. Shiva, uh, yeah, Shiva hold on. right now, are you? How do we do that? I'm going to invite you right now. Okay. Jen, and I think I can accept Marla, right? Okay, hold on one second. Do you have my Instagram, Marla? Uh, I, remind me again. Is it D first? Is it? No, no it's just what is it, Jen? It's V A Shiva. V A underscore Shiva. V is in Victor A. Oh, I, and I've seen it a million times, and now I get to mm-hmm. look it up. All right, I haven't done this before. Oh, I love that! Something I get to teach you. Perfect. Um, right. I'm, I'm we'll be up shortly. And you know what you could do is you could, um, Jen, can you request me? That would be even easier. You want me to request her? If you just say you request to go live with me, then that's perfect. I, we're here with Dr. She. Is that the little smiley thing on the bottom, right? Yes, it is. Oh, that's the one. Okay. See if. It says you can go live with someone. Anyone who can watch their live videos will be able to watch it too. So, are you adding me, Marla? I am looking for you right now. Yeah, so B A underscore Shiva. Jen, do you know how I do it on here? So, if live, then there'll be a pop up where she can request to join your live stream. Yes, if you're live, are you on live now? Yeah, I'm on live right now. Great. Then I should be on Instagram, right? Yeah, you're on Instagram. We could. Okay, so thank you for the sweet comments, everybody. (laughs) As I'm doing yoga, fixing all these cameras so we can share so much together. It's so good to see you. Um, I mean, I'm not really seeing you, but I'm in my mind, I'm seeing you. Okay. It says there's some requests, but it's not. All right. Well, okay. Shiva, let's do this. You know, we have so much to share. I see everyone that's on live. I'm just not seeing your request yet. I see Muhammad requesting. I see a few Let people. Me, Jen, should I end it and restart it in a request? Hmm. Well, so what? Let's see. No matter how good we are, it's always these last minute. It's technology. You better not be blocking us. It's VA underscore Shiva, right? Yeah, VA underscore Shiva. Let me just do something. Marla should be able to. I'm searching him. Yeah, go to search. You know, VA underscore. He's on my search right now. So, um, hmm. uh, that's how I've done it every other time. All right. Everybody, you start. Okay, there you are. So yeah. now maybe so I see you. Do you see me on the screen? We want to share the screen. Okay, there you are. There's five people. I think 
We're on we're on all the different channels right now. We are on all the channels, except yeah. we're not on Instagram exactly at the same time together. That's the that's oh, the only thing. Okay. So if you can request, can you request it's Marla Maples for the It's Marla Maples show? <laughs> yeah, do you know how I request on here? Does anyone on Instagram know how to request Marla? You, Oh, um, no, usually, usually people just uh, request me while we're on here. So, what's that, Jen? Or you sign off of your live and go to live. Oh, okay. You like how neat my apartment is, everybody? Isn't that cool? <laughs> Marla, we could just do this. Or do you want? So I oh, love. Says, go to Marla's Instagram, then go to her live. Oh, okay. So let me. So everyone. You go to me, and then you go to my live, and then you're going to pop right on. Okay. Thank Jennifer, you. Are you okay with that? Okay, so how do I go to Marla's Instagram here? I go to search. Marla. I see Oh, there's Marla Maples. Great. Yep, I'm there. Then? Oh, I see. There I am. All right. Yeah. Are you there, Marla? Oh, I see. There I am. So we just need to reduce the volume on this end, right? We, I mute this, right, Jen? There we go. All right, Marla. I think we're there. Well, we might not be exactly where we think we're supposed to be, but we're somewhere, and we're going to have it beautifully recorded here for sure. Can you people on Instagram uh, see Dr. Shiva on my live right now? Just a question. Can you? Can everyone see Shiva? They're saying the eyeball on the top of the screen. I know the eyeball on the top of that was see, I see. Oh, I see. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. calling me Sunshine. Jen, do you just want me to be on my Instagram then? We're gonna record all this on yours, I think is really important. Yeah, we got it all on here. So everyone's seeing both. I think. All I see is you, Marla. Do you see me on there? I don't. I don't yet. And I'm looking for your request. And it's, uh, hmm. let me just scroll down and see if it's popping up. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I can't. Lena, I, thank you for Marla, asking. I think if people hear us talking, it's it's good enough. Don't you think so? On I, both? You may have to change your preferences is what someone's saying. Well, that sounds interesting. Oh, they just see me. And he is on my computer here. Yeah. So I think I think we can go... We can both talk to our audience and they can both see it, right, Jen? They can both go to each Instagram. Can you just push request? Yeah. I One think, can... um, okay, people got lots I of I know. We've got a lot of people watching us yeah. and they're looking at us. Now, someone's seeing us both on Facebook and Instagram. That's yeah. my on, Yes, on Facebook, they'll see both of us. So I think we're good. Oh, I love it. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, thank you for being here. Sorry about that, guys. And Sorry. if anybody figures it out, let me know. Um, if it, <laughs> usually I just see your request and I push it and that works, but hi. So hi everyone. We have, um, Marla and I are gonna have a discussion and a conversation. Sorry about that delay a little bit about our journeys to health and well-being. And I think it's a good time, Marla. Both of us have been very, having a number of conversations on what's been going on about the coronavirus. And it's a very interesting opportune time for having a national discourse or having people to start have conversations about what it means to really support the immune system. 
It's something that I know you're very passionate about, something I've brought up on the scientific side, but I think it'd be really cool for everyone to understand both of us had, have had very unique journeys from very different worlds to the same point about really caring about people's health and well-being. So that's what we're gonna talk about. And obviously we can take questions. I can put up uh, stuff up here to everyone on Instagram uh, on both sides, you may want to tell people they can go to the Facebook page. Um, they can go to our YouTube pages because everything's also being shared there on VA underscore Shiva. Some people in the world just get all the brains. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy to get to share part of it for sure. So we can share it with our mutual audiences because this is so this is so important. And you've been capturing, you know, the the, the sights and the hearts of so many people just in a couple of weeks with everything you've been sharing. I've never seen anything um, really like the amount of people in my life that have brought you to to me to see and understand what what you're doing and the message that is so, so important. And and I'm just just grateful to be able to talk about, you know, we've really had a bit of a shared journey other than you inventing email and getting a few degrees from MIT. But you know, other than that, we're very similar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think this I think the similarity is there's a commitment to want to find truth and there's a commitment to want to connect with nature. I know you're you you do that every day in your life. And there's a commitment to understand what are the principles that really govern, um, you know, all of this. You know, I, we call it truth, freedom and health, but I, everyone has their own nomenclature for it. But I think for me, you know, uh, when we were talking earlier, Marla, the women in my life have been profoundly important, uh, particularly my mom and my grandmother. And both of them who were uh, from a world, uh, my grandmother was from a world which was a world which uh, very few people have experienced. I had a very interesting chance. It was almost a world from indigenous cultures. My grandmother had tattoos all over her arms, you know, chewed tobacco, uh, was a shaman. She channeled, there's a lot of stuff I haven't spoken about, but I think it may be, I think we're in a safe space here to talk about it. Wow. Uh, you know, my, you know, uh, I grew up in a world, in a, you know, in two worlds, in, in Bombay, which was New York on steroids. So I love New York. I love these very exciting places. But then I grew up in a completely different world in a small village, two different worlds, um, not, nothing in between, you know, not really suburbs, but in a world in India where my grandmother was a poor village farmer. And that life was very different. In her home, there were, you know, the deities of all the great deities from Jesus to uh, Rama and Krishna and all, all these all these different religious deities. She connected to the high level spirit that's in all. Yeah. And all of them were considered, um, you know, connected to God. No one, no one was diminished in that. But, um, you know, uh, some people, my grandmother would go into deep prayer and start channeling, which some people may find pretty wild. And then um, uh, she was a village healer. People came to her home and on, you know, on the weekends, she would observe people's faces she would figure out what was the right nutrients for them, where their imbalances were. She would help, you know, she, she was, you know, in, the, in those days, the women were always at village healers. So when a, when a baby was born, they would bring it to her for blessings. She would decide, she would tell them how to hold the baby. You know, there's all these little, little things that are passed on in culture. Um, uh, if the baby had any issues, you know, how to uh, massage the baby, uh, oils, you know, different types of treatments, massage, different types of sound, yoga treatments and obviously the use of herbs and all those things. But this was not something she learned, you know, going to Harvard Medical School. This was something that was passed on from different people who came through her town, different yogis and different rishis. 
So that was the way education was done in those, those days. It was not a top-down model. It was much more of a dispersive model. But she was quite a fascinating woman because separate from that aspect of her, she worked in the fields you know, as a farm worker. They had a subsistence farm growing cotton and rice and coconuts. But there was this deep, 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 very deep devotion to God, always there. And then also, in addition to that, there was this amazing world I grew up in, in retrospect, where I was given these amazing stories of great deities and fights and, you know, epic stories of good versus evil. You know, the Indian uh, scriptures have this thing called the Ramayana. It's like the Old Testament or the Mahabharata, right? The stories of how God is there, how, how, how the devil is there, and then how it plays itself out in the world of great heroes, what you would call knights. You know, fighting the story of Rama and Sita and Ravana. Anyone who knows these are quite extraordinary stories. But as a kid, I grew up on her lap when she would tell me these stories, which was always about standing up for what you believed in, which was always about good versus evil, and always about honor and nobility winning. So these, you know, were sort of that—that that was my grandmother's journey. You know, that she passed on to me. Right. So it's amazing how the grandmothers have such a strong influence and effect on a on a child's life with this the storytelling. That's the most magical way I think you can you can bring it into the next part of your life. Yeah, I, and I know you said you grew up in a small town, well, right? In I, I did. Yeah. I grew up in a small town outside of um, outside of a small town <laughs> in northwest corner of Georgia, and it was called it is still called Kohata, Georgia, and uh, 500 people when I was born, and we were just you know everything was about going to church on Sunday in the community and. Mm -hmm. Just, just the outside life. Farm. My family were farmers and preachers, and mm. probably where I get the love for both. And and so, so in a way, um, my generation in America, though unfortunately, was not passing those techniques down that your grandmother passed on to you. Um, it was the time of new medicine, and there was a place where we just really trusted that we go to the doctor, they're gonna take care of things, and we had our sweet family doctor that we all loved, and interesting enough, not to get right into vaccinations, but I went in to have my vaccination at the right age, and it wouldn't take on one arm. And I think there was something in my, in my makeup that knew then that my body didn't want you know, to, to put something that was that impure into this beautiful young young body that I that I had as a as a young child. But then we went back and did it on the other arm, and I still have the scar. But but even so, we didn't even question or challenge any of those thoughts. Hmm. It wasn't until I was older, you know, in my late teens, going to University of Georgia, where I started expanding my beliefs and expanding, you know, um, meeting people from all different cultures meeting people from different religious backgrounds. And from that space, my mind opened more and my mind and my relationships opened more. And by the time I was pregnant with my daughter, one of my close friends, I think is watching is Lena Jolton, um, had just had her daughter a few months before. And she introduced me to a doula. And the doula mm -hmm. came and was with me during the whole process of childbirth of my daughter, Tiffany. So we had the gift of having a very beautiful, we were in a hospital, but we were in a birthing, a birthing center right. with music, aromatherapy, crystals, a lot of prayer and family around us. So got a bit of that in bringing Tiffany into the world and, and no medications. It was just really about wow. amazing. And, and so that is something that was passed along to me with, from friendships. <laughs> mm. And and at that stage in time is when I think we all started questioning getting back to our roots, getting back to a more natural way of living our lives. And that was in uh, 
the 80s, uh, the late 80s, early early 90s, actually, early 90s, I would say. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's a whole uh, area of medicine uh, that was around for a while, then it disappeared, called narrative medicine. Have you ever heard of this? I have not heard of that. Yeah, yeah it's called narrative, meaning uh, the, the closest word you could use for it is called bedside manners. And basically, imagine um, how you interact with somebody. And that interaction is where health emerges. And some people call it in the area of placebo medicine, where, you know, when people do all these drug, drug uh, trials, you know, they always give placebo. And sometimes they found out the placebo does equally good as the medicine. So, so that led into this area called narrative medicine. And the reason you reminded me of that is that when you talked about when you're giving birth to your child, you know, the incense and the atmosphere that was set up. So I have this theory that, you know, my grandmother would bring people into her home or when you went to a healer, you know, they set up a, an ambiance, right? How you receive people, how you smile to people, how you're kind, the music, the environment. Now just imagine that those things are also inputs into your body. Those are also inputs, right? Forget taking a drug in, but the music, the sound, the smell, these things are very powerful inputs. Now, are those inputs equally not as powerful as taking med medicine? So, you know, in the old day, when people, when the, when the conventional Western doctors look at that environment, they say, oh, these guys are just some weirdos, right? There's nothing going on here. But in fact, maybe that over many, many years of history, people figured out that those inputs, the ambiance you created was equally important or perhaps the medicine itself. Yes, absolutely. One of my uncles used to call it bedside manners. You know, in the old days, you know, the, the doctors would, you know, hold their patient's hand or, or speak to them in a certain tone. And that is no different than what where healing perhaps actually occurs in that interaction between, you know, the doctor or whatever you call it, the two people, the, the someone being healed and the healer. Maybe they're both getting healed in that process. It's a, I think they are. You know, I spoke yeah. to many doctors and my mother was such a um, loved people so much. And she went through a very, very difficult um, health journey. It's it's. Um, something I'm only beginning to really talk about now. Um, a lot of, you know, my friends were there with me over the journey, but um, I, she had so much love. And even with the doctors that seemed to be the toughest about the way they were going to take care of her and, you know, the medica medication route and, and such. And I would walk in with all of my natural potions and all of my research this high saying, this is what's going to work. This is going to work, you know, and, and she would just laugh and give them a smile. And she goes, you know what? God's in all of this and whatever God chooses is right. And I would watch these tough doctors just like, just become so warm and they would just have this beautiful, beautiful embrace. So I do feel that part of her journey that we thought was for her healing was for healing others also. And doorways, yeah, you know, we have yeah. thought processes in, in the medical doctors that maybe didn't understand that or weren't taught that in medical school. Yeah, one of my uncles was a, who became a gastroenterologist, he, you know, my dad said, why don't you come to the United States? You can make a lot of money here, you know, because you could be a surgeon. And this is my father. And, and my uncle said, look, I never, he goes, you guys always use the knives there, which means go to surgery, everything surgery. And what he said that he would, uh, he would, most of his patients, he said he would talk to them. Most of his stuff was talk to patients. He goes, 90% of this is psychology. 
because most people think something's wrong with them and actually nothing's wrong with them. Oh gosh, you just changed that thought process. Around. Yeah, but he said, even as a surgeon, he said, I was motivated always, not always take the scalpel to them and figure out, you know, just to do a medical procedure. And so that's why when you look at this coronavirus piece, one of the most important things that have been left completely out of the equation in the discussion or the national discourse has been, what does social isolation do to people? When you isolate people from other people, how does that hurt people? And if you look at the scientific research from 1988, one of the big landmark studies, it clearly showed that social isolation is one of the worst things you can do to people because the detriment is worse than uh, high blood pressure, worse than smoking, worse than you know obesity. So that's something I think it relates to what we're talking about is yes. you know the environment people create um, and and having social interactions and love and fellowship in people's lives is the number one healing element for most people. And that's been completely, that's why this, you know, the whole thing about, what is it, flattening the curve, yeah. social distancing, what are we actually doing when we put that out into the psyche? And I, I think MIT just came out with this technology. I don't know if you saw it, it's on technology review. No, uh, review where they basically can track how close people are and then you can set off Signals. Oh, of course, I have seen this. Yeah, yeah, it's quite extraordinarily uh, awful. Awful. Well, they're yeah. doing it with drones, I hear. Right. The crowd control with drones. So. Yeah, but, but it's basically telling people to be non-human in many ways. So I, I think when you shared that story with your with your daughter coming in, you know, in, into this world and that environment, people were very, very in traditional cultures, very cognizant of the environment. That was set up when a baby was born. How okay. the what's that? No, polit no politics here, but my ex-husband actually cut the cord. Oh, really? <laughs> I did that for my sister. Yeah. And uh, it was an incredible experience. Did you, does everyone know who your ex-husband is? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of messages popping around up there. All right. <laughs> but, right. Yes, yes. The anyway, my, <laughs> people don't know, they, they can find it pretty easily. Yeah, um, that's so, but, but that, but, but, but go ahead. So the, I just, yeah, so, I, so I think there's, so, you know, I study stuff at the molecular systems level, the, the field of systems biology is a, is a great field. It came out only in 2003, Marlo, and the genome project ended, but what it revealed was we can go down at the cellular level and, you know, some of the great texts say as above, so below. So we can actually go down to the cellular level with all this amazing knowledge coming from pieces of biology. One of the technologies I created for my PhD work actually helps us connect the dots. It's called the technology cytosol. But what we can do is we have this ability to actually see what happens, like how genes react, how chemical reactions react from these different inputs, you know, be it food, be it medicine, be it even other things like meditation, be it electromagnetic waves. So what gets me really excited, and that's what I wanted to do as a kid, because when my grandmother did that, or, you know, when you're doula help with that they do it through intuition they learn it through over time and i think in in the western world people want everything validated so if you say someone did this they want to see from a different world perspective and so what i'm really excited about is the stuff that i've been working on actually can bridge east and west you know science and tradition ancient and modern and I, yeah that yeah but it, it's it's a way that you can actually understand at the molecular level so the work of the guy I was just sharing who did the social isolation work, he actually showed when you isolate people, humans or monkeys, that at the cellular level, the body will actually repress antiviral activity. 
which means you're, you're creating opportunities for virus infection and you'll upregulate inflammatory activity. Mm. So I think that whole aspect of social isolation, which is what is unfortunate that this is leading to, shutting down schools, scaring people, telling people to stay away, all this stuff has much more detrimental effects that from a Western medicine standpoint, people need to awaken. It's not just this one dimensional model of just keeping germs away. So that may be a very small part of it, but what about boosting the immune system? Right, and that's where vitamin D comes in, being outside, you know, I say outside, out there. <laughs> you yeah. Know, sunlight, um, you know, the main vitamins that we need right now to be able to build our immune system and, and help people that are suffering are, you know, often just found in nature. Um, I'm seeing, I, I still want to request you on Instagram because I'm telling you, oh, really? my team is just not seeing you. And that makes me sad. Well, you know what I can do? I can do this. Um, I'm going to try. Uh, can, oh, let's see. You want to try again? Jen, do you have an idea? Hold on, everyone. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to try again. I'm going to take a quick break as the sun is going down here. Pausing. Jen, oh. do you have an idea how to get me on Instagram? Okay. And then in the search, in the search, the magnifying glass. Yeah. Uh, Marla, do you know how to end I, yours and start here? Or So we're, while we're waiting for Marla. Let me know if I can help. Well, I definitely know how to add people on here in a quest. My, but, you know, if yours is live, I can go, I can go to yours. Okay. Guys, you want to have them uh, switch over to your Instagram unless you see mine popping up. Yeah, I'll wait for you. Okay, I'm gonna see. He has to request you on your live. Okay. You can see where we are, guys. So you're gonna go to. So you're gonna go to my live, and I then realize this is all gonna be recorded for you. And I'm yeah. just wondering if I should turn the camera around and let them watch it that way. What do you think, everybody? that's watching. Um, should I just put my camera that way? And then you can see the two of us. Yeah, what about if we just turned it around and you could see both of us? That's what I'm thinking. We can yeah, just there we go. and I could hold there it. How's that for everyone? Is everyone cool with that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you Don't love it? Cool Don't you love it? Now it makes me wish I, I, I straightened up the okay, other so I can just do this. I'm just holding it up and everyone sees it. Jen, do you see it? Jen? I love it. I love it. Hi, All right, Jen. we got a plan. We're resourceful. There's a lot of people sending video requests, but let me see if it's actually you on there. But I think this will work, Marla. I'm pointing at you and they can see you. And I'm eating my um, Okay. need to not get any Wi-Fi, wireless radiation if I just hold the phone like this. All right. <laughs> oh, please God, let me get my cover for it. <laughs> Is that cool with everyone else? Okay. Uh, hey guys, how are you? Hi, Lena, you like that? Okay, good. Um, you just keep chatting because you know how to do that in a very deep way. I'm going to go get my safe sleeve to protect my phone yes, from a little fine. radiation. So hang in there with me. Right, we're here with Marla Maples and we're having a discussion. So one of the things that uh, we want to talk about today is really about health and well-being in our journeys here. Many of you know that um, my journey went through this process in India as well as in the United States and Marla. I think, as I understand, grew up also in a small town. Very small town in Georgia. Very, very yes. small town. And then she went to the big city and you live in New York now. And and in many ways, Marla, there's some interesting parallels there because when I 
I actually cannot live in a suburb. It's too weird for me. I have to have either extreme, either, you know, the absolute village sort of countryside or, you know, the very, very active city. In fact, where I live right now, I can see the city and then there's a lot of con conservation land in the back. So I love that contradiction. And it may seem weird for people, but I've always enjoyed both of that. I enjoy both of that. I enjoy that also. But since we've been in our lockdown, this is where I've had my bum for the last two months. I came no. home from California in the middle of January and haven't left. Usually, I'm, I was supposed to be shooting a television series um, in Charleston right now. And then I have friends all over the South with beautiful homes. And, and instead, you know, for me, this is good in a way um, because the, the forced isolation is helping me focus deeper, organize my life in a better way, and be clearer about the ideas, you know, that, that I feel like are my God ideas versus the ideas that man has, has put on me. You, you understand? I mean, I think it's yeah. so easy. We talked a little bit earlier about um, getting over the homecoming queen complex, <laughs> you know, yeah. and thinking you're you talking, I'm going to go just go grab my juice. So you, you're going to have to take over. This I will morning. take over. Please yeah. Yeah. Guys, hi, is this working better for you guys? I see a yes from Lena. So that makes me happy. Ah, oh, we're doing it. Thank you. We're going to get into some deep stuff also about about how we can um, raise our immune system in a serious serious way. He's you knows so much about that. Hi from Dalton, Georgia. I see hometown folks. We're talking about our roots. Uh, nice, nice to see you there. All right, there we go. Hi, Anna. Okay, good. So should we should we talk a little bit, Marla, about you know the whole area of the immune health? Because this, really this is one of the things that, you know, I just did an interview right before this. Um, and one of the things that's been missing in this entire discourse, which I think is a great time that we can discuss it, is immune health. Uh, how do you boost immune health? Because the opportunity really here is that when we just focus on a, a one mode of medicine, which basically says that we should vaccinate everyone and vaccines are the only way out of infectious disease, uh, it's actually a very, very small part of the story. If you look at the history of medicine, uh, and there's some amazing, beautiful curves people can look at, what it was occurring in the early 1900s, the level of infectious disease that, that, that existed, and how it precipitously dropped long before vaccines came. And what you find is the number one reason for that was nutrition, vitamin A, and also politics, child labor was ending. We started doing sanitation. We started bringing in refrigeration. It was infrastructure combined with nutrition. Right. So, and, and a lot of those fundamental changes of infrastructure occurred as a result of people rising up, which the historians and the, those in the establishment want us to forget. In the late 1800s, there were huge movements of working people who were not being treated well, the American worker. So they rose up wanted basic rights. And as a result of that, the, the people in power at that time, because they actually got very scared that their power was going to be taken away, were forced to give certain concessions. But it was during that period when vitamin A came out, you know, that people started using it, nutrition. And that's when you saw the massive drop in infectious disease. Long, so in many ways, as I've said, it was the, it was the, uh, the, the sanitation worker and the plumber who did more for healthcare than the pharmacist or the doctor. 
So that's, and so today, in my view, what we have is in the data shows that we also have an infrastructure problem. We have dirty air, dirty water, dirty food, and people have once again, not been provided the right infrastructure from the healthcare system, which is all about waiting for people to get sick and sick and sicker, not about giving people support on how they can take care of their bodies. Very simple things. We talk about sunlight. I think even the president said today, or some of the press briefing said today, what about sunlight? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what came out at the press briefing uh, about bring all of that everywhere. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so these are things that, of course, I've been trying to get the message through. So it's yeah. just time for it to be talked about, you know, and, and we're talking about it. And we we have to talk about it more to help other people feel feel safe to talk about it. And that includes on the media. And you know, standing up in press conferences because we have to be able to to share how to help people. Yes, washing your hands is great, but I mean, truly, I, I, there's so many more important things than we can do right now to make sure we are not victims to to the many many viruses that may be around us in this culture. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say washing hands. Um, very interesting enough. Very brief, quick chemistry lesson. When you wash hands. Um, do you know what, what washing hands actually does, what soap does? You can look it up. If people want to go up on Wikipedia, there's a word called surfactant, S-U-R-F-A-C-T-A-N-T. Soap is actually a surfactant. So think about it. It's got two, a, a soap molecule actually has two sides to it. One is a fat side and the other is a water side, a water soluble side. The fat side goes and sticks to the virus and the water side basically removes it. So you're basically you know, uh, and you're actually disrupting the surface of the virus body. So what's fascinating is when you take vitamin D, vitamin D creates inside your body. When you, well, when you get the sunlight, the sunlight hits your body and people of color actually need more sunlight because we essentially have a sunscreen, a natural sunscreen. So this thing actually affects uh, particularly African-Americans more if they're isolated. So, this is very interesting. That's why you saw the higher preponderance of African Americans being isolated, affected by this, because they need actually far more vitamin D. So, when you don't get enough UV, so the UVB radiation hits your skin and it produces vitamin D in a natural way. And that vitamin D gets converted in your body through a series of very cool chemical processes to another chemical called catholicidins. Those chemicals are almost like a soap which go, molecule in a sense it goes and attacks the surface of the virus or the bacteria and it basically disperses it. So in some ways you could think about vitamin D as actually your, your internal soap. If you want to talk about soap in terms of what it actually does chemically, it's very, very similar reaction to what it does. So I think the notion of using vitamin D, the fact that people aren't discussing about it and we're discussing about it and it goes more broadly uh, is going to be very, very valuable because this, I think this is the opportunity as people are sitting in their homes, reflecting on something doesn't smell right in Denmark, uh, feel right. They can actually start understanding this. So I, I think uh, nature and sunlight are key here. And if you can't get it, you know, there's vitamin D3, as I put in the letter that I wrote to the president. Vitamin D3 at various dosages can have enormously very, very powerful effects. Vitamin D3 has helped me with so many different issues I've had in my lifetime, if I, if I really double down on the dosages. And is there any particular way of receiving the vitamin D? Well, obviously the sunlight is the best. Um, sunlight is the best. I mean, there's various forms, right? Like there's D2, 
and there's vitamin D3. D3 is a much more, it's called cocalciferol. It's a much more natural form uh, or much more bioavailable form to the body. And when we take that in, your body literally through a series of very beautiful little, almost like little machinery, converts that vitamin three to these very powerful molecules called catholicidins. So vitamin D3 is one of the best way, obviously getting it from the sun, I think 15 to 20 minutes is what typically, typically people promote. But when people are under massive amounts of, you know, like immunocompromise, you know, or serious issues, you have to seriously increase that dosage up to like 50,000 IUs in my opinion you know, over two days. That's that's what I shared in the letter to the president. And I, I've i done that in the past and I have not had any kind of negative fallout from it at all. No negative side effects, just just feeling better overall uh, within my body. So so that's the thing about everything that, you know, you're discussing, you know, the vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin C, I'm, we're not seeing harm come from them. You know, I mean, the worst thing that I found, you're the doctor, but is if I'm taking so much vitamin C, as I'm urging people to, maybe go to the restroom a little bit more, but you're getting rid of toxins. I yeah. think it's perfect. I think it's an, yeah, so, I mean, Linus Pauling, who won the Nobel Prize in medicine and in chemistry, and, 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 and Linus Pauling did some incredible work on vitamin C. And one of the things he discovered was at high dosages, when you're particularly under stress, when you're under massive amounts of stress, for example, you're in an ICU and you're in critical care and your lungs are filling up with fluid and your body is attacking itself, which is going through inflammatory process, that's one of the most profound times to give your body high dosage, therapeutic dosage of vitamin C. Again, this is something that's been well written about. And I, I think we saw that ER doctor, right, who we mentioned earlier, he actually took it. He was, uh, I think, 45 year old man was about to be put, was put on ventilator. Here's an ER doctor who's working in the ER, probably his immune system's getting compromised, running around, like a lot of probably a, a medical students, the way the medical establishment treat, treats how the educational process goes. Anyway, for him, he, he, he became deathly ill and he was put on a ventilator. His heart started failing, his kidneys started failing, his liver stopped fail, start, started failing. And the immediate thing, and he had, I think, one day left to live. Fortunately, in this case, perhaps because of the collegiality of his doctors wanted to save him, they put him on a uh, what they called a cocktail. It was a one immunosuppressive drug plus high dose vitamin C. Now they don't know which actually did it. You right. know, we can do more research, but the fact is that even the New York Times and other major newspapers were forced to report that they added high dose vitamin C, and that's why the fact that a guy like Fauci is not, and you know, even talking, advising the president on this is really, really reckless behavior. Well, we need to have the conversations, and that's what I'm pushing for. But between doctors like yourself, and and then other top functional medicine doctors who have their medical degree but went on to learn more than they learned in medical school, and they're finding great results. So imagine if we can gather, you know, the group that's there now together with these functional doctors and have the conversation and pre bring out all the data, bring out the tests, bring in the patients that have that have overcome this and other chronic diseases and have the conversation and record it so we all could see, wouldn't that be phenomenal? Yeah, I, I think one of the one of the areas, uh, Marla, as I'm running for US Senate, you know, I have the PhD in biological engineering, inventor, scientist, but the reason I decided to run for Senate is because if you look at what's going on right now, is the lawyer lobbies essentially were sleeping 
Most of them do not know the difference between a vaccine and a cure and immune health. And they allowed all of this to occur. And the opportunity is that if we really recognize that if we can understand the body as a system, and if people can be entertained into that concept, we can have an opportunity to actually have uh, uh, people in governance think about things in a very, very different way. You know, we were talking to a lawmaker, right, yesterday in a, one of the big cities in the United States. And that lawmaker is trying to figure out how they can bring up that city, right. you know, you know bring, bring that city back online away from lockdown. And one of the interesting things that you would that she was very open to was a notion of starting to look at how do you bring in healing modalities, right? How do you teach people to increase their immune health? Yes. And I think if we can get that out of this, it would have been an amazing opportunity. That I think, people, I think you know. if we start with one city and then, then it shows the success, then look how it can spread to other cities and other towns and around the world. You know, we do just have to sometimes start with one, don't we? Yeah, I, I mean, but I think everyday people are ready for this. That's so many people are you they, ready, guys? Are you yes. ready for this? That's what <laughs> I'm ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, they're ready. They're ready. They don't want to, you know, they, they want to be able to take control of their lives again. And that's what I, I want to do is share as much research with people that I'm blessed to, to know in my life, like you, to help people understand how they can do it and that it's okay to do this, right? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the important things, um, that we have is the one of the areas that people need to understand the medical profession, the MDs, we need to really feel sad for their training that they go through because it's a training, it's very brutal training. The, the MD essentially gets victimized in their medical process. Most of them because they don't learn nutrition, they're not taught to treat the body as a whole system. It's basically a big pharma model of medicine if this, do this, if this, do this. But but there's a lot of amazing people. Many, many people I think do go into your typical MD process for good reasons, you know, with, with a whole heart to want to help people. But the outcome of that process is they come out of it, many of them unhealthy out of that process, and then a desire not to really see the body as a whole. So that's why in 2003, when MIT established the Department of Biological Engineering, it the goal of that, was to say, look, there's there's a big gap in medicine. We need to take an engineer's view to the body, which is an interconnected system. You know, the ankle bone is connected to the foot bone. And, and people like yourself and others in the wellness community who've been talking about that, um, there's an opportunity to bring those worlds together. And I think an engineering approach is a way to do that, where we can teach a new language, which can get people away from their biases on both sides. Well, that, that is where your many, many years of research really is, is so important right now. And having, you know, as we talked about earlier, with the way your grandmother raised you. So have that within your soul, that spiritual depth mixed with, you know, the brilliance and the, your, your incredible understanding of bioengineering and, and, and uh, you know, the many degrees you had at MIT. This is what we need. I mean, you were born for this time. And I really think, you know, all of us, are born for this time because we care with all of our hearts and souls and we want to create a positive um, conversation first of all i don't i don't want to bring anyone down i really just want to help open people's ears and eyes to possibilities and and um so yeah i'm seeing some political <laughs> comments on my phone, but 
but, well, but it's fine. It's it's okay. You know, we're not we're not going to talk about politics. We're here to support everyone. And and you know, yes, I just want to see all of us thrive. And and you know, what we're doing now is we're getting the conversation started. You know, uh, amongst all of our people that are here now, and all the social media following that you have to the White House. I mean, we're having these conversations now, and we're being heard. So now we just have to pray. I mean, honestly, everybody that knows me knows how much I, I like to pray and you know connect to the higher dimension to, to get help from here, right? Some hallelujah help for sure. And I just wanna ask you all to really see the best and, and really pray for the president, whether you like him or not. He's in a position now that can have a po really positive impact if, if we can support with prayer and uplift everyone on both sides. To do to do the same because it takes all this working in unity to ever create the change. That's just my that's my philosophy. Yeah, I, I, look, the first twenty years they say of a century. And there's a famous anthropologist I've shared this before. He said when you look back at history, many many different centuries. The first twenty years, he said, which was what we're ending, we're coming to that end end of that twenty year period, is when the trajectory of the entire century is determined whether we'll go into a golden age or the world go into a dark age. He goes, how those first 20 years play out. And, and it's, it's, it's stunning how where we're at right now is literally- Your point now, is that what you're saying? Well, that, yeah, because we're 2020, right? So what happens over the, if you follow his timing, his pattern analysis, it's basically over the next six months, between now and the end of 2020, is his, his, his study of culture over and over and over again, showed in those first 20 years, is where so many things are determined, what will determine the trajectory. So I think we have, frankly, I believe we have about six months. That's my view, you know, between now and the end of this century, end of this decade. Okay, which, what are we gonna do, doctor? How are you gonna advise? Yeah, so so, so I, I think one of the most important things that can happen is people start recognizing, you know, I'm a systems guy, right? I like to figure out the ankle bones connected to the foot bone, so we see if you do something here, what will it do there? And if you do something there, what will it do here? Um, medicine takes a reductionist approach. Just go and do this one little tweak over here. And the opportunity is to see the interconnection. So one of the simplified ways, but it's I think it's a very profound way, Marla, that I've, I've articulated that interconnection is a connection between freedom, truth, and health, and freedom, truth, and health. So what that means is that freedom the ability for us to have conversations and discourse and debate, not just one viewpoint own it all, or one set of people top down, a few set of elites own it, it constrains freedom. And freedom is essentially where we can have these conversations. Hey, but does vitamin D work? Why aren't we talking about that? Why does it have to be a vaccine? Why don't we talk about these other alternative modalities in a broad context? So with freedom, we can really practice science because science is fundamentally founded on freedom. You know, a guy sitting there under a tree and apple, apple falls and he asks a fundamental question or someone seeing the movement of light and someone asking these questions in a very open environment. And when you have that, that's when we make great discoveries. It's called the scientific method. So it starts with freedom. So I think one of the things that everyone listening should understand that you have to be a warrior for freedom because freedom is a fundamental basis of getting to truth. Now, when you don't have freedom, then it becomes sort of a few set of people are determining truth. A few set of people are saying, ah, we don't need to talk about vitamin D. We got to vitamin C. We just got to do ventilators, right? Or we just have to do vaccines. So and that, many people don't come off the ventilators. So yeah. Yeah, only 10% make it out. 
90 80 to 90% die on ventilators. But freedom allows us a very fundamental opportunity to have discourse. Because if we don't have discourse, we end up with consensus. So when I, you know, the reason, one of the reasons we talked about our, our, our family's journeys, my parents came here because my dad would say, America has freedom. Freedom, it was a very simple thing because India had a caste system. So freedom is essential. So with freedom, then we can really use science and we can get to truth. And with truth, we can look at a situation and we can actually analyze, find the real problem, right? What is the real problem here? Like let go of left or right, Republican or Democrat, get to the fundamental real problem. And then from that real problem, we can get to a real solution. And that is when we get real health. So freedom gives us truth. Truth gives us the opportunity to get to the essence of the, the problem or the solution. So in this case, the real problem is it is it when we diminish the immune system, when we hurt our own immune systems by what we don't put into our bodies. And with health, we can then get strong bodies, strong infrastructure to fight for freedom. Then you can be a powerful person, strong in yourself, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And that's a cycle. So I think the main thing, Marla, people can understand that interconnection. So there are people, for example, I know, you know, and many people, you know, who are very lovely people who like to meditate, who like to do their yoga, but they say, I'm not going to do politics. I don't want to get involved in that. Right. And then the people are very political. They said, I'm not going to do that yoga stuff, the woo-woo stuff, right? And then people who are the scientists um, don't want to get political and nor do they want to take care of their health, which are in these three realms. And I think the opportunity is that people have to recognize to win and become truly a human being. You have to integrate that aspect of being a warrior, which is fighting for freedom. You have to embrace and fight for science and you have to care about wanting to take care of the health of your body and the planet. All these three things are integrated. They're not separate. So in, you know, Western, I've met, you know, in, in, in the traditional cultures of India, the, the word healer meant warrior and someone who was a healer. It wasn't warrior who fought death. So I think there's an opportunity in the, for the new age community, you know, to realize that they have an opportunity to evolve in a different way and it's not just, you know, um, one aspect, like basically spirituality is not just one unidimensional aspect. It has multiple aspects to it and embracing the other side and getting involved in politics on some level, getting involved in terms of becoming a, a citizen of the world and being interconnected to that and not running away from that is essential, I think, to human health. So I was going to say what I feel through this whole situation is 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 less fear about sharing my voice. You know, there's not yeah. being, you know, in a place of isolation where really you can either choose how you live these moments. And for me, it's about going within and finding out what's the most important and who's the most important and how to connect, but, but really how to listen, really how to listen, how to expand our minds beyond what we think we might be able to, to understand or expand our minds to listen to people that maybe we, might not have been tuned into or, or had any desire to know just to hear another opinion and then to have the freedom to share the voice with others. Oops, sorry, to, to share your voice with others. I mean, it's, it's everything. And then that you build these communities and that's what you're doing in such a big way. And what I hope to continue to do. And so many people that I know are, are watching right now, we want to do that. And we do, we want to be, 
So we say nature is the only truth. I, we're all, you can't separate who we are from nature. We're made from nature, right? <laughs> so. Well, I, 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 so anyway, I think in, if we want to sort of, you know, sort of summarize that, that's if we can see the interconnections between us and these different aspects of us, the desire to know truth, the desire to, you know, be healthy, and also the desire to be a free human being. And that's, I think, where we stand, Marla. That's why it's so, I'm so enormously grateful that we connected with all the work you're doing, you know, in, in your world, in terms of really wanting to educate people in, you know, this whole other world of people are in, want health and well-being. You know, those yeah. are the kinds of people I know you're very closely working with and people want to expand themselves. But I think it's an opportunity for, you know, people in both these worlds to come together. I mean, we're, we're broadcasting on all these different channels. If you look at typically Twitter, those are people typically more political, right? If you look at Instagram, it's people are typically more women and let's say um, mothers, right? And if and, you go to YouTube- you know, like My age is 25 to 50. On right, but each of these segments have a different set of demographics. In fact, right now we're trying to integrate all those demographics. We're getting all those people. And I think the message of health and truth and freedom is a way to bring everyone together. It's a very unifying message, but it's also an expansive message. So that that's why, you know, that's probably the most important thing I hope people uh, take away from our conversation. What about you? What, do, what would you like people to take away? Oh, I just want yeah. them to be able to see things on, on all sides, really. You know, yeah. it's, it's just a matter of, of being open to learn, you know, being able to do your own research and, and, and support people who are out there doing it. You know, listen in, stay updated with everything. I've always talked about the mind, body, and soul connection. That's been important to me all my life. I was born as a kid that loved to hang out in trees and meditating on rocks, but I was always a hard worker too. So, but I know that you have to integrate all of it in order to be in, in wholeness. And, and now what I want to do is just, you know, not be afraid to share the things that I know work for me and that I've seen in research that works. Um, so, you know, we talk about, We've been in lockdown for a long time now, but but look at you know so many of the other diseases that have been in the world. We were never in lockdown from uh, exactly. talking about uh, cancer, heart disease, obesity that leads to so many other problems, um, and yet those numbers are so so staggeringly high in our country. So I hope this is giving people a chance to really tune into their own wellness um have some time to learn how to do that more and and i'm hoping that they also are you know being able to work out issues within families too i'm living up here alone it's pretty easy for me i just have to deal with myself and all those that i'm connecting with but a lot of people are challenged mentally um and and emotionally because they're in situations where they're around the same person <laughs> for months now and then, yeah. <laughs> no matter how much you love somebody that's not always pretty is it Right. Well, I, I, I think um, uh, we ha as you know, I'm running for Senate and we have our volunteer calls every evening and we have uh, so many people who joined our campaign. 70% uh, of our campaign is mothers now, working mothers. And most of them have been motivated. People who are apolitical, people who are into yoga or health or, uh, you know, they, they typically kept that separate part of their lives. They've been very motivated um because they see that health goes beyond left or right republican or democrat and most of these people have been on this journey very similar to what we've talked about when we started this conversation 
of really trying to figure out what's true, what's good for their bodies, et cetera. And I think our campaign is, is not just a U.S. Senate campaign. It's much, much, much bigger than that. That's why this thing has gone viral all over the world, because we hit this very fundamental issue, almost a spirit, as we talked about women, the caring spirit of women who want to care for their children and their future. So that's why um, I think it was really, really nice. We we did this and I hope to do it some more. I do too. And we're yeah. going to even be better at this, even though you're yeah, sharing. Yeah, we're going better. So sorry, everyone. We, we'll get better <laughs> at it. We'll figure out how to do this. I have people saying, turn the camera around. I'm like, oh, you just made me really fast. <laughs> but right. this has been fantastic. This is a great beginning. And and I really urge you all to, you know, follow each of us and, and watch what we're finding out and, and show your support. And, and I'm just so grateful, Shiva, for you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Everyone should know that Marla and I will be doing other stuff together. But I'm running for U.S. Senate. And the campaign's slogan is Truth, Freedom, and Health. And the sub slogan is we want to create a revolution. And um, we think Massachusetts will be a great place to start because this is supposed to be the Mecca of medicine. If people remember, you have all the medical schools, you have all the technology schools. This is where the American revolution began on April 19th, a few days ago is when the first shot was fired. So in my view, everyone out there should recognize this is not just a political campaign. This is much, much deeper. So I look forward to sharing that with everyone and everyone should recognize that what we're doing in Massachusetts is not just this, it's your campaign. And someone like me getting in the Senate in many ways will be an opportunity to support the president, who I think is an extremely caring person who wants to do the right thing for this country. But also it's going to be an opportunity for all of you to have this discourse at that level with a guy like myself who came from nothing, who came from you know working class background, who wants to finally serve people on interconnecting truth, freedom, and health. So I'm just enormously grateful, Mar um, uh, Marla, that you reached out, we connected. Well, thank you to Kimberly Vanderpeek, really. She, yeah. she tracked you down for yeah, so Kimberly Vanderpeek. Kimberly, if you're listening, I, I, I have to get back to you. I haven't, um, please don't consider me rude that I haven't gotten back, but thank you so much. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm so grateful. We're at the 57 minute going over to 60. So we yeah. better, we better, uh, we promise we're going to, we're going to do this again. God willing, Definitely. we're in it. And thank Definitely. you so much for sharing everything. Thank, thank you, Marla. You're beautiful. Thank you very much. Be well. You too. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry that we weren't able to split our screen here. Bye. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yes. <laughs> Bye. I'm just saying hello. Goodbye yep. to our Instagram.